0: Shit Dad Podcast. G'day dads, welcome to episode 33 of the Shit Dad Podcast where we celebrate our big man blunders because we're all in the same boat when it comes to fatherhood. I'm Nick, married father of a three, five and a seven year old and whenever I get up out of a seat, i give my pockets a pat to make sure everything's there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and g'day, I'm Cam, uh,
1: father to a two-year-old and a four-year-old. Uh, and I found an exciting new hobby and I'm going to tell you guys about it a bit, al- a bit later in the episode. Exciting.
2: Now we're cool. at- uh, Well, do, do I... Do, is this when I chime in? Yeah, Are mate. Like yeah, yeah, jump <laughs> okay, into it. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm Jono, married father of a 16-month and a, a four-year-old. Um, and I've recently discovered the most comfortable footwear in the world is socks and Birkenstocks.
0: Oh, combined. Dad, they're the new dad shoes, on Full dad, oh, yeah. Sorry, dad. Socks and no, Absolutely. Birks. Do you
2: wear yeah. a bum bag yet? <laughs> I like the yet. Uh, look, I, that might be a line I cannot cross.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I thought for a minute that you're going to say socks and Crocs. <laughs> I was like, oh,
2: that's that's what the line. Birks are all right. Oh, I <laughs> do. Yeah, yeah. Maybe to be 10 years.
0: <laughs> that was actually a really good shit dad podcast intro i think um dave you're in trouble man <laughs> <laughs> yeah obviously we're without dave this week he's uh he's still at home
1: looking after bub number two enjoying that time with his girls um but he said he's thinking about coming back next week so we'll, we'll see awesome. how he goes really pumped.
0: hey i got cuddles i got little baby cuddles with dave's number two this afternoon and she's bloody adorable It's always that
1: good, that little first, you know, uh, new baby kind of smell. She smelled
0: like a new baby. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm not clucky, but no, I love the baby colors, but I'm definitely not clucky, Dad. No chance. (laughs) You give it back. Good to hand them back. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Now,
1: Jono. Um, so, yeah. Well, thanks for the intro. So, you are, uh, according to your, your bio uh, on uh, Instagram, an AP dietitian. I'm not sure what that is. We'll get into that. A nutritionist, founder of Bite Me Nutrition. Obviously, yes. A father and fellow podcaster. So, you've got a fair bit going on. Um, can you tell us a bit about um, your work and Bite Me?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'm technically an APD, which stands for Accredited Practising Dietitian. Just Instagram bios have a character limit, so clever. <laughs> um, so uh, dietitian, and nutritionist. Um, uh, the company I have, I don't know I work under is called Bite Me Nutrition. We just basically do nutrition help for everyone. We can maybe dive into that a little bit later. And yeah, like I said earlier, I've got got two kids uh, uh, and a lovely wife. Both of they all keep me very busy um, and. I'm pretty sure the sun is responsible for the tonsillitis. We can go through that later as well. Um, and then, yeah, I've got a, a podcast on the side as well that is just kind of short, sharp, snappy uh, nutrition topics, hopefully dispel a few myths in under 15 minutes just because um, there's far too much crap out there in my industry.
0: <laughs> yeah, isn't there just? Eh? It, it yeah. seems like everyone on tick there's like a billion people on TikTok and Instagram that think they're not- nutritionists if they like look really good and point to words on the screen and then sprout absolute bullshit
2: i love the pointing love the pointing the dancing and the pointing it's not tiktok if you don't point i've uh, i have a tiktok i i'm too scared to go on there though you get trapped you can't get off (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, i feel it makes me feel old so don't call me. straight down the rabbit
0: hole hey uh Let's yeah. go. Speaking of uh, funny videos, let's kick it off with a couple of dad jokes. Now, I would also, for three weeks in a row, like to kick it off first, if that's okay with you guys. What happens when you boil a funny bone? What? Tell me. You get a laughing stock.
2: <laughs> that got a nose chorting. Was that intentionally themed? <laughs> What's that? Was that intentionally what themed? Yeah, nutrition. of course. Get a nutrition great. dad joke. Oh, thanks, guys.
1: Yeah, mine's themed as well. What kind of drink oh. can be bitter and sweet? Reality. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: That's how you know it was a good dad joke, eh? The nose laugh That's or a, the... A, <laughs> the head rolled back. Eyes could not go further back in
1: the head. <laughs> now, uh, yeah. uh, any, all of our listeners uh, should know by now April is special guest month. So we hope you've been enjoying uh, it so far and who we've been chatting to uh, and lots of more great guests coming across the next few weeks. Uh, and also just a shout out to the Smashing Fibers team. Um, the guys, don't forget to support the guys that f- support our podcast. Um, get yourself some new workout gear from Smashing Fibers' website um, and use the code free shit at checkout for some extra little gifts.
0: Exclusive to Shit Dad podcast listeners, free shit.
1: And you're going to be fitting into some nice, uh, you know, new gear as well off the back of all the tips we're going to get from a nutrition point of
0: view tonight. <laughs> so get a size smaller. get <laughs> 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 Gold clothes. <laughs> awesome. Let's kick off our dad chat with Jono. So... Um, You mentioned before you've got two kids. How old are they again, sorry?
2: Yeah, my son's 16-ish months and my daughter's four and a half.
0: Awesome. Well, how do you find the gap?
2: Yeah. Uh, Good, good. I mean, yeah, it's nice that the four and a half year old is a little bit more um, independent so you can get her to do some things while the 16-month-old tears the cupboards apart. Um, But probably could have been slightly closer together, but overall yeah not pretty good
0: how do you find the um the dynamic at home with the the boy and the girl
2: <laughs> yeah um it's uh it's it's always changing as you guys would know hey just as you feel like you're in a rhythm or a routine you're like okay she's like this and he's like this overnight it just it flips on its head um i think at the moment he's quite strong and getting quite coordinated and so all of a sudden you can just rip her toys off her and doesn't understand why that makes her really upset and so <laughs> just kind of kind of working through that at the moment and trying to get him to listen but he's too young but mostly just you know helping our daughter understand that no don't hit him yeah. <laughs> you know we've got to teach him you've got to show him what to do because he's too little he doesn't understand all that kind of stuff so yes yeah, it's, um it's, it's wild
0: it's always interesting to hear uh, parents with a boy and girls. So well, I don't know about Cam's dynamics like, but I, I love hearing about whether having an older sister makes the boy um, a little bit more gentle or rougher, or ha- and the older girl is like has to be rough to be a bit more blokey, or you know, it's weird. Keep up with
1: them. Yeah, I, my kids are like that. Where yeah. um, my, there's such a stark contrast between boys and girls, and. For no real reason, obviously. It's just genetics, I guess. Yeah.
0: And we found out last week that girls are smarter, obviously. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I, would, I would
2: attest to that, yeah. Definitely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so did everything go pretty sweet with the pregnancies and, um, and the first years?
2: Yeah, yeah. We were um, pretty lucky on on that front. Um, my daughter does actually have um, a smaller, smaller cerebellum. Um, which means she's got some, some balance issues and, and things. So, um, that's, you know, it's been a really big challenge that we've worked through. She's incredible. And, and I think at least at the moment, she's probably a little bit too young to understand that she's a bit different. Um, like she can walk and run and climb and things like that, but definitely, um, things take a little bit longer. Um, she was really delayed to walk. Um, so that's been, you know, as you would expect, pretty challenging as parents as well. Um, but yeah, she's so bloody tough. Definitely gets that from her mum, Uh, yes. not from me. I'm sorry. Um, and so like, you know, would even before she was old enough to understand, I think she would just repeat tasks a lot more, almost like she knew, nah, I've got to keep doing this because I've got to get good at it. Good resilience. Um, so yeah, yeah. Super resilient. Um, so, you know, that's been an interesting journey, but in terms of you know the pregnancy um, and delivery and the first kind of eighteen months to two years of life really um well <laughs> smooth sailing <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> um you know as smooth as you can expect yeah cheers cool. do you have any dad advice for
0: um sort of how you went through your pregnancy how you supported the wife or anything like that
2: um I mean just do as much for them as you possibly can right because you can't carry the kid yeah. so um, at that stage just um, try and do more cooking do more cleaning do more do more stuff without being asked um, I think would be the, the the main thing I try to do um, get them crackers when they ask for crackers if they're sick <laughs> <laughs> we that had definitely. to leave we were mid under oath concert and we had to leave because my wife was sick and so you, you don't complain you just go yeah yeah cool we totally have to leave don't worry yeah yeah I get it I get it you know (laughs) because again I wasn't the one that was hung over for like 12 weeks or 16 (laughs) weeks or whatever it is you know
0: (laughs) you just do as you're told Jono (laughs) now being the uh, being the nutritionist man how do you go in the kitchen are you were you pretty good at making sure dinners were cooked and um, new things like that
2: yeah I was very lucky on that front like I it kind of even way before we were even thinking about kids. That's sort of, I've probably been the main cook just cause I really enjoy it. And my wife can kind of take it or leave it. So, um, she doesn't cook much, not cause she's lazy cause I don't like people in my kitchen. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that was a, a really easy shift, which was good, but definitely, um, you know, remembering other new families to, if you can give them food or, um, someone, like a few friends of ours sent us an Uber Eats voucher. That's a great idea. Um, incredible, like best baby gift. So um, <laughs> practical, yeah. Yeah, food is food is love, <laughs> particularly in those first few weeks when you you know sleep deprived and you really do need good food to help you recover and mm-hmm. um, to you're not getting the energy from sleep. So you're going to try and look for from food, and if you can get some slightly more nutrient dense food, and you're going to have more energy. Um, but the last thing you're going to feel like doing is spending an hour in the kitchen during that one hour that the baby is sleeping you know so yeah that was a that was a pretty incredible gift that's
0: excellent yeah that's another good dad hack Mm. How good now we got um i got one more thing i want to know from you Jono, um regarding sort of the the start of your kid's life and like you becoming a parent how did your upbringing shape you as a dad deep right (laughs)
2: that's, <laughs> sorry. Deep, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was not ready. Um, yeah. I mean, I was super, super lucky. Both my parents were like very loving, always really, really good role models. Um, you know, so I think that just, I tried to model, I guess, what I'd learned from my parents. You know, Mum was always around to chat and dad was always around and, you know, always both of them kind of had very even roles in the, the household so you know trying to encourage that as well so um, I think like, like sounds really corny but like I, there's always lots of love in the house and so it kind of you know helped me um, try and do the same thing when I had kids um, I think maybe oh what if what if they listened to this? That's the problem, right? What if my parents listened? to Anyway,
1: sorry, <laughs> <laughs> no one listens. Dad, we,
2: can- <laughs> we-, we, can talk- <laughs> we can talk about it later. Um, I think the one thing, like, Dad was not very physically affectionate, which I think probably everyone in that generation and the generations totally. before them can attest to that, yeah. right? Like, I certainly don't blame him. That's just that's what it was, and so I think that was probably the one big thing that I knew he loved me. No issues with any of that, but I was always like, oh, I just want to make sure that that's that's something that I'm conscious of yeah you know so um and i think it can it shouldn't but i think there's at least um in society like it's easy for me to be you know um affectionate with my daughter and give her cuddles and throw her around but with my son you know yeah it should do that but yeah. like i've always tried really hard to be like i probably kiss him more than i kiss my daughter so yeah cool. you know, yeah because he cracks a big grin so <laughs> um just yeah trying to be conscious of that sort of stuff yeah.
0: as well it, d- it definitely seems like that um generational thing because a lot of dads back then a lot of all our dads, like, they showed their affection through working their asses. off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, yeah, that, mom, yeah. not that the didn't, is, but, like, yeah. yeah, it's it's definitely that was their way of sort of showing affection. and.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Was that more, I guess, mums, using quotation marks here, <laughs> Mum stayed at home, dads went to work. Yeah. I think there was still that kind of generation, yeah. but... Yeah. not anymore baby it's 2022 (laughs) 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 yeah yeah it's better it's better that it's mixed now yeah definitely
1: and what um what speaking of like family and growing up what role did food play were you guys a big kind of cooking family is that what kind of got you into your line of work
2: yeah absolutely um we're lucky we grew up on five acres so we had like a little orchard out the back so there's pretty much always some kind of veggie or fruit growing in the backyard and then yeah lots of home cooking and always um you know lots of me being asked to get involved in the cooking and and um just a a good love of food and a good love of all food which was really awesome as well like it's not like we never had ice cream or anything like that it was just a really good balance of of having it all and um yeah I kind of like the love of food came first and then the science and health and stuff came second um and that was the love of food definitely came from from my parents
0: it's great that you have that love of food as well because in your line of work to be so passionate about it 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 comes from that love of food and like trying to correct all the shit out there
2: yeah well that's like i would say that's like the number one driver i have is like i just don't want people to be afraid of food because there's so many people that are afraid of like of carbs or of chocolate or processed foods or of you know all of those foods which yeah okay we probably shouldn't eat them breakfast lunch and dinner you know we shouldn't like we we kind of know all this but then people come along and try and sell a book or a diet that yeah, goes way too far the other way and people end up being scared of bread and it's just like as someone who loves food that breaks my heart that other people can't just enjoy that stuff you know yeah
1: are there are there things that are out there that you say there's, mis- we say there's misinformation with food or confusion. Are there things that are just kind of like simple or just basic rules that you kind of always say to people that, you know, can be some simple things to reframe in their minds?
2: Yeah, yeah. It's um it's the really unsexy stuff that will never sell a book. Um, and it, I think it's often the stuff that is almost too simple. So it's kind of like, I know it's stereotypical a dietician talking about fruits and vegetables, but like honestly, it's such a good place to start. And like, if you can't, if you look down at a meal and, you know, 95% of the time you can't identify a fruit or a vegetable, start there. You know, if you can identify one vegetable, great. Can we make that three? Are they all the same color? Cool. Can we change that up for a different color? You know, it's that start with the fruits and vegetables at every meal and then try and expand either the amounts or the variety. Um, That's. I think the current evidence is like less than 5% of Australians eat enough veggies, right? Which is like wild, you know, and it is hard to get that many veg in, in a day, but it's like, we're not even close. Um, and we get sucked up in diets and pills and powders and, you know, protocols and all of these sorts of things. And, um, and I'm not blaming people for that. I understand why it happens. Cause again, that stuff is, it's sexy. But like hey have you tried eating more vegetables like no one wants to read that book
0: how dare you how dare you sir not call fruit and vegetables sexy
2: there are so many sexy fruit and vegetables out
0: there I completely agree
2: (laughs) (laughs) I like but but unfortunately you know you can't can't um can't compete with the likes of a you know a a gut health supplement that Mm. contains 30 wild herbs from the Himalayas you know
1: so many trends at the moment around yeah. um, you know, marine collagen and all the, all the different minerals and things you oh. can either ingest or inject and things like that. But, yeah, it sounds pretty, pretty <clears> simple <throat> when you put it that way.
2: Yeah, and like it can be hard to prep it and to buy it and to store it and things like that. Like I, there's definitely challenges, but um, I do think sometimes we waste a lot of time and energy on that other stuff. and So we don't have any time and energy left for Okay, go to the fruit and veg shop or like go to the supermarket and just get two veggies that I haven't eaten in a while. Great. You know, if you need to put them in a sauce or a dressing or a gravy or you need to cook them or like, that's fine. I don't care how you prepare them, to be honest, because it's better to get them on your plate and eat them than to like try and have this. The two things I often find when people are like, oh, I don't really like veggies. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, how do you usually have veggies? And it's like, it's either those damn steam fresh veggie bags, yes. right? You know those ones, which are, are perfectly fine nutritionally, and they're great in a pinch. But if that's the only way you eat veggies, of course you're going to hate veggies. They're not. They're not very exciting, right? That or someone they're has sloppy. like lettuce and tomato with no dressing. Mm. Sorry, they're
0: sloppy, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. On.
2: They don't like I said. If you just need like if you need veg, you got nothing else. That and some sauce is fine. But like from a m- making that habit reliable and almost enjoyable and I'm going to do it, you know. So I think the form of veg is really important as well.
1: And in your studies, do you you also look at the differences in, you know, different foods for adults and children or are you fairly focused to adults or what's the mix there?
2: Yeah, I'm definitely more focused on adults. I've certainly done my own kind of, not heaps, but obviously as a dietitian with kids you kind of can't help but look into some of it. Um, and most of it's just come kind of second degree though, rather than reading direct research, like studies and things I've sort of, you know, follow a few people, read a few articles from people who I know I can trust, which is obviously rare, but um, yeah, it's been really, really interesting learning some, some good um, hacks for nutrition with kids. Cause it's not the stuff that I would always expect as well. You know, the way that you frame it.
1: Yeah. Um, is it? Do you have any uh, maybe like tips for people trying to get their kids to eat healthy, or like to sneak in some veggies, yeah. or are there, are there ways that you can make it more fun? Or
2: yeah, totally. Um, so the first, well, a couple of things that I like. I said when I read about it, I was like, well, that's crazy. i never thought of that. The first is um, this phrase that uh, adults provide, children decide, and it's really, really hard to do mentally but you want to get to the point where you have, your job is to get the food on the table and to provide a variety of foods. Once that's done, your job is done. It's the children's job to decide how much of it they want. Um, again, didn't come up with that quote. Um, I can't remember who I've ripped it off, but um, <laughs> I'll look put it in the show notes. <laughs> um, but you know, that, that sort of, um, can help even just with the stress of like trying to you give them the dinner and you're done. Right. Um, the next thing as well is around making sure they've always got a safe food. Um, So a food that you know they enjoy and you know that they like and that's particularly important if you're trying to get them to eat something else, right? Because if all you do is provide them with food they don't know or they don't like, there's that voice in the back of their head that's like, if I don't eat this, I'll starve. And that's not, that's certainly not going to encourage them to enjoy that food or love that food where um, if you can just put a small, almost, it's, it's about exposing them to that food alongside a safe food and keep doing it you keep doing it and you kind of have to brace for a bit of food wastage because mm. for the first little while they want nothing to do with it. But if you put it you put it there alongside a safe food and you expose them to it and keep doing that, then you can start talking about other things in the food. Talk about the color, the texture, the taste. Like um, I've lost track of the amount of stuff I've got my daughter to try because I talk about like carrots being soft and juicy, aren't they? And then you take a big bite. It's like no, they're not dad, and takes a big bite to show me that they're actually really crunchy. That's a great <laughs> but, idea. Um, but you know, <laughs> yeah, like just little things like that turn into a game, and um, you're not trying to. This, and this is the hardest thing, I think, to break again generational. That you can't live till you finish your dinner. You have to eat your veggies. You have to do all that kind of stuff. Like that's one of the worst things that you can do, and we've all been guilty of it. I do it. Like I've done. Like it's because it's such a kind of logical mm. thing, but it's actually. Um, another phrase which I've ripped off someone is like, you've got to ask yourself, do you want your kids to eat their veggies today or do you want them to eat it for the rest of their life, right? And so, if you force them to eat it now, yeah, sure, they'll eat it for the next little while. But the second you're not there, like, yeah, the police aren't here. Hell no, I'm out of here. Like, I'm not eating my veg. <laughs> you <laughs> shove your broccoli, old man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The second dad's not like watching every mouthful, they're not going to do it. Yeah. So,
1: so. building those longer-term habits with food. Mm. Yeah, right. What's um? What are some of your favourite things to either cook or prepare for your for your kids?
2: <laughs> uh, wraps get a quick get a, a lot of a run because they're really quick to throw together and egg or tuna or chicken that we've got left in the fridge, and then you can just chuck a bunch of, of veg on there. So they're really good emergency ones. Um, I do I do a lot of like um tuna meatballs or salmon meatballs or chicken mince meatballs. Cause again, you can get some, some extra veg in there. Um, hiding veg is something you've got to be mindful of. Like it's okay to hide some veg, but you, you also still want to make sure that you're exposing them to it as well. You know, like again, um, having the safe food, having the, having the hidden veg, <laughs> maybe the hidden veg is in the safe food. And then there's the obvious veg next to it, that kind of thing. um, and then, and then as often, um, something we, we suck at, uh, is eating with the kids just because of the nature of, you know, both of our works. And, and, there is, I'm sure every parent can relate to that. It's kind of nice to save dinner until the kids are in bed so you can just, uh, yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're definitely, we, we don't eat with them enough and it's something we're trying to do more. And in that scenario, it's very much about like they eat what we eat, yeah. you know. Um, and I um, also recognize that we're really lucky, both of our kids are pretty good eaters and, and not that, certainly not fussy compared to some, some other kids. Um, but as much as possible, trying to be like, no, this is what everyone's eating. And so maybe, you know, if their safe food is chicken nuggets, it's like, cool. Well, we're having, I don't know, a stir fry. There's your chicken nuggets and there's a bit of the stir fry on the plate. Nice. So they may not touch it. That's fine because it's there, it's in front of them. And the one rule I'd have is like, they can't take it off the plate. It has to stay there, you know. And you might, you want to try and ask them really casually, like, "Oh, you want to try some stir fry? Look, like we're all having our stir fry," um, and just like any kind of stubborn person, if they say no, cool, you're not gonna,
0: yeah,
2: you're not gonna get through that. Do you feel like so that's contributed? Like,
0: Sorry, mate. Sorry to interrupt. Do you, th- do you feel like that's contributed you, to you, the kids not being fussy the way you're approaching it,
2: um, or have I, they always I been? I definitely fussy? think this, I definitely think there's a level of that, but I'm also, I also think there's just. Um, we got lucky, you know, um, and there's evidence as well about mum's diet, um, during the pregnancy can, um, can show, uh, can improve their responses to tastes and textures and smells and things like that, because it does kind of flavor the amniotic fluid. So they are, that's why, um, you know, uh, babies in countries that eat spicier foods, they, they handle it from super young because they actually were exposed to it, you know, during, um, during the pregnancy. So there's a level of, of that as well. You know, it's, it's pretty, pretty
0: complicated <laughs> yeah, yeah that's cool <laughs> is that why they get them not to drink alcohol and smoke dairy, so they don't come out <laughs> like a,
2: a pub uh, that's slightly different but yeah that's a nice
0: side effect as well <laughs> physiology <laughs> um,
2: <No> <laughs> <there. laughs>
0: yeah.
1: can you also t- tell us is there you'd be interested to know we obviously talk a lot about uh, mental wellness physical wellness on this pod um, how does food and nutrition affect your mental wellness, not just your physical?
2: Mm, um, sort of two, in two ways. In the short term, there is going to be a level of if you aren't kind of fueling yourself properly, and I don't mean eating perfectly, quote unquote, clean. I just mean, you know, having decent meals, with a good mix of foods, spaced out nicely, you know, just kind of following that, then your energy levels are going to suffer, and you're going to find that you're going to reach for quicker hits of energy, and that's just going to get you into that loop, right? And that affects your mood. You feel kind of, you're going between this extreme of like, kind of a extreme spike of energy and then an extreme crash of energy, and you can just feel flat and down. And if you're constantly feeling flat and down, and then if you are a dad and you're up in the night multiple times, and then you're working all day or, or you're at home with the kids all day, then you know you are already on the back foot when it comes to energy levels so all of that can definitely just kind of snowball (laughs) in the worst possible way um and then there is a lot of links with certain uh nutrients so certain things in foods that do impact mental health sort of kind of longer term um a lot of things related to your gut health which is definitely a phrase that we need to be wary of because it's a phrase that gets used and abused New buzzword, but (laughs) oh man isn't it um but it's, it's a shame because it is incredibly important and very very it's phenomenal and each week i feel like every day there's sort of new stuff that we're learning about and it's and, and like to massively oversimplify it there is a nerve that travels directly from your your gut which is like your small and large intestine to your brain and travels back and forth and your mood can affect your digestion and your your gut health and the health of all of the little gut bacteria that you've got down there the health of that little colony can also affect your your mood you know i'm not here to say that if you're depressed it's your fault you need a better diet um it's way more complex than that but there's definitely a lot um a lot of evidence kind of i wouldn't say proving but like supporting that these helpful diets over time can reduce your risk of 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 poorer mental health
0: there you go is that obviously stress would take a a massive toll as well
2: yeah absolutely and again because stress is up here travels via the nerve can impact you know the the gut health in that way as well. Um, it's it's a it's a complex beast, but yeah. Stop being stressed. Great <laughs> done.
0: Easy. Oh, thanks, Jono. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: You're welcome, guys. Anytime, hey. <laughs> well, let's just wrap it up there then. Eh? <laughs> Sweet.
1: <laughs> um, I also noticed on your socials for the bite me page, um, bit of the motto is around show up, level up, eat up. Um, it was in some of the comms there does that is that motto kind of describe you know what you're trying to do with your community when you're in a nutrition community
2: yeah definitely um it's probably something i don't push enough actually it only really shows up at the beginning of the videos but like um i think it it i like that it references you've got to do some of like you know you've got to show up you've got to put in the work you do have to make changes um my goal is to make those changes as easy as possible like everyone's goal Every and nutritionist goal hopefully it's not but it should be to make those changes as easy as possible um, but there will be some work you know and then level up obviously getting those improvements um, in your health and your energy levels and your mood um, and your performance like I, I talk about performance a lot and I don't just mean the gym you know you're performing as a dad, you're performing as a husband, you're performing as a like at work like those are all levels of performance as well which food absolutely impacts, you know. Um and then eat up because I don't know, I love food and I want people to eat lots.
0: <laughs> uh, lots of bread, yeah. Don't be scared of bread. <laughs> love bread. Love it, man. Uh let's uh let's talk a bit more about dad bod. So we've spoken about uh nutrition and how stress um and emotions affect your digestion and things like that. But we talk a lot of shit daddery and carry on a little bit but so let's let's make it real simple how does the average fat rig dad like not like obese but just fat rig not like hemsworth keep their their dad body in check we all know eat healthy and exercise like it's that simple right and don't be stressed and don't be stressed yeah <laughs> sweet
2: <laughs> yeah yeah um, how do you keep in in check uh so the fundamental rule and there's it's really important i think to understand that we need to be consuming less energy than we're expending yeah. right so you get energy calories or kilojoules from food from food and then you burn that doing stuff every day right and i know that sounds overly simplistic because it is but that's kind of the fundamental rule. And then the way that we apply that rule can be very complicated depending on your situation and things like that. But if we at least look initially at, all right, how many, how much am I eating? What am I eating? How often am I eating it? Is there maybe three or four extra beers <laughs> coming in over the weekend? Do I really need that iced coffee in the morning along with my pie? Or do I, you know, at lunch, did I just have ham and cheese sandwich and no other fruits or vegetables. So that ham and cheese sandwich made me full for about 30 minutes. <laughs> and so then I was back in the cupboard. I drove past the server and I grabbed some more food and all of those extra little bits and pieces throughout the day increased the amount of energy, the amount of food that we're consuming, right? Because I would say for most guys, it's not really the meals themselves that are going to be the thing that's making your overall energy intake blow out. It's going to be all of the bits and pieces in between, right? It's going to be um, the the coffees or it's going to be the snacks on the way home or the pie on the way home or it's going to be the, the chips at, at 4 p.m. on the Saturday or it's going to be, you know, um, beers, maybe a few too many beers a- across the week. You know, all of those things contain energy. All of those things can be, be done in moderation. But if they're done in excess, that's going to gain the weight or stop you losing the weight. Um, the analogy I give all the time is it's kind of like, your spendings and your like your income and your, your spending, right? Um, you can spend, when you get paid, you have to spend your pay on certain things, right? Like you've got to rent, mortgage, you've got to put petrol in the, in the car, you got to buy food. Like you've got some Better adult kids, purchases yeah. that aren't... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, those, those uh, non-negotiable you know, expenses. Um, and then hopefully after you've paid all of those things off, you've got some leftover cash to just go to the movies or, you know, go out to dinner or something like that. And those things don't blow your budget, right? And those are the things that are the equivalent of the beers for the chips, for the ice cream and things like that, right? There should be room in your food budget for those. It's when your expenses, it's when you are going to the movies every night or it's when you're going, to the, you're going out to dinner too much or when you go out to dinner, you're spending way more than you should, you know? it's And so it's less about, cutting those things entirely because as we all know that's not like who wants to like that beer and chips right but and that rather than doing it complete cold turkey and cutting it it's more about like oh hey instead of four beers can you do three like it's it can sometimes be as simple as that you know or instead of six can you do four and so friday saturday sunday can you do six instead of uh, can you do four instead of six that will save you over 15 to 20 percent of your daily energy intake right like you cut it like that right um but everyone's looking at like bread and having two boiled eggs for breakfast or not eating cereal and that kind of stuff and it's like because it it hurts more to hear that it's actually probably (laughs) the beer not the breakfast (laughs) but yeah you know that's the the main thing so that was a big
0: no, no I, that was pretty. Really really like the, uh, <laughs> the food budget. That's a really good concept and um, something that is really easy to understand. And any listeners who take something away from that, that's a win. Mm-hmm. So,
1: I think even with this world of yeah, like cool. working from home a lot, a lot of people are just at home. They can easily access their own Definitely. fridge and snacks so much more than you know when you're in an office and all that kind of thing. So even the way yeah. people's snacking habits have probably changed in the last few years is I would have assumed have, have been quite different.
2: Yeah, I hear time and time again, like, I eat so much better when I'm in the office. Um, And so I just say to them, I was like, okay, then pack your lunch. Like, I'm working from home. Who cares? You know, like, pack your lunch, get up in the morning, do what you would usually do when you go to work. Take you, put your usual snacks in a bag, put your usual lunch in a bag. And then that's that. What's killing you is at morning tea time, you're going to the pantry and going like, oh, I feel like, yeah. right? Um, You've got access to everything and you're hungry, so you're going to make a poor decision. Whereas if you go, oh, it's morning tea time. Oh, my music bar is on the desk where I put it. Cool. Done. You
0: that know? is an excellent hack. Yeah. That yeah. is so good. <laughs> Mate, what about okay. those? What about those? Pack your lunch. Exactly, pack your lunch, just like school. Um, <laughs> what about those um, those fellas or la- ladies or mums who sort of want to Eat less meat. I know this might be a bit, um, yeah, 50-50 with uh, with the listeners, but (laughs) eating less meat, um, whether it be to improve your carbon footprint or well-being, um, does that give us enough protein for growth and fat loss?
2: Yeah, totally. It absolutely can. Um, There's no – look, a a well-constructed diet that includes meat or a well-constructed diet that doesn't include meat can both be equally healthy right like um everyone talks about uh meat diets that contain meat being unhealthy but you see then you see vegans who just eat hot chips and donuts right and so (laughs) but then at the same time like generally if someone goes vegan they're eating more plants more fruits and vegetables and so if you're someone who doesn't want to completely cut the meat then maybe reduce the meat consumption a bit and again (laughs) eat more fruits and vegetables you can you can achieve a lot of the same stuff
0: meat-free Mondays make it happen boys
2: yeah exactly and just quickly not gonna win any fans here but stop tying your masculinity up with your meat consumption yeah. it makes no sense you don't hunt it you don't kill it <laughs> you drive to Woolworth and you buy it and you put it in your fridge like, what if, but what if what if they go
1: to a butcher to buy <laughs>
2: <laughs> again like I don't know I, and that's a, definitely a conversation I'm back with a, a different healthcare professional but like <laughs> yeah it's there's nothing feminine about eating soy or about eating, you know, other meatless protein mm. alternatives. Like if that, if you feel like that's hurting your masculinity, you probably need to take a look, you know good long look at your masculinity. <laughs> that's a good <laughs> a point. I really like that because yeah.
1: we we've <laughs> spoken before with a few guests this month around um, what does masculinity, healthy masculinity mean? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, even that's a really good, really good point. Um, it's 2022 there's all sorts of different uh, research between all these different new types of foods and even if they're old types of foods or whatever there's no um, nothing tying us to meat as men
0: also Jono how dare Mm. you once again how dare you Tell me, I don't hunt my food. When when we were in the COVID, you're right. Yeah, when we were in COVID, I tackled an old lady for a, a slab of steak. Okay, I hunted
2: that food. Right. I, I'm sorry, I, I did. I made an assumption, and I apologise. Yeah. Uh, dare you? Should, yeah, and then did you code anger to get some toilet paper? Oh yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I, I steamrolled a hundred people for the toilet paper. <laughs> Now, um, let's, let's yeah, finish it um, off with the alcohol, mate. So, we all love a beer uh, or some sort of alcohol. Well, sorry, 99% of us enjoy a beer or two. Um, and I just think it's really important to talk about because as dads, it's sort of the welcome thing to do at the end of the day, um, especially in my circle and like my, my group of friends mm-hmm. and uh, the people, my community. Um, and it's, it's like a comfort thing as well, but there's obviously... Not great for you. And I just really want to know how bad alcohol is for your overall health and what's it doing to our body every time we have like more than a couple of beers?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'll preface this by saying I drink alcohol, yeah. only beer, because, and occasionally wine, just because.
0: Because I feel classy. I can't
2: do rum. <laughs> rum just makes me. Anyway. So, Angry. you know, um, <laughs> no, hungover. I'll have oh, one rum oh, and yeah. I'll feel sick the next day, even though, yeah. So anyway. That like not coming from some high and mighty, um, oh, no one should drink. Too. But I think it is an uncomfortable fact that is important to know the healthiest amount of alcohol is none, right? That's that's what all of the research shows, right? And so that isn't to make people feel guilty for drinking alcohol. It's to try and help encourage that decision, like I said before, of six to four, right? The closer to zero you get, that is a win, Right? Now, understanding as well that there are health things in health. Uh, there's other components of health outside your physical health, right? So social health, catching up with the with the boys for a drink or two, you know, or more. Um, like that is also, in a sense, good for your health on one level, right? And so someone completely cutting that if they don't want to back to zero, you could almost argue is unhealthy, right? So it's a bit of a, I feel like a politician, right? I'm just kind of like giving no answers. Uh, <laughs> you just keep um, sitting on that fence. <laughs> sorry,
0: you just keep sitting on that fence, John.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, so I will get off the fence because too many. Di- we we sit on the fence too much as healthcare professionals. So the recommendations would be four to five alcohol-free nights per week, right? And we can come back to some ways that we can make that happen. Uh, and then the the next thing is when having um, a drink. Uh, Ideally, not more than four drinks in one sitting um, with the overall weekly goal to be under 10 drinks a week, right? Now, I know that a lot of people are significantly exceeding that. And again, what I would encourage you to do is make small manageable steps backwards towards or you know, down to that 10. Don't think, oh, I have to completely cut my consumption um, or anything like that. The, the If you can go from 20 to 18, that is still... A win you know? yeah and if, you, if it's something you're struggling with chat to your GP about it like again, I'm sure you guys have talked about how great we all are at talking to doctors and other healthcare professionals about our health hey, um, yeah. <laughs> but just again a friendly reminder to, to reach out um, and, and ask for that so we're also super lucky um, oh wait, I remember the other part of your question. So health-wise, there's kind of two contributors from alcohol. You've got the calories, right, which are non-negligible. They they can add up really quickly because they also don't fill you up, and then they also lower your inhibitions and make the you know the dirty kebab at 3am even easier to consume. So, um, and really important if we're coming back to the budgeting analysis that analogy we gave before, it's about your weekly budget, not your daily budget. So if you reduce your energy intake all week, but on Saturday and Sunday, you can, you blow the budget. That's doesn't matter that for the five days you were on budget. If two days you blow your budget, you have gained body fat. Right. And so alcohol does a very good job of contributing to that. Right. So um, there's the calorie intake. And then there's the fact that your liver has to work pretty hard to break down the alcohol um, and get it out of your system, you know? And so, over time, if you ask it to do that too much, too often, there's some some complications that can come from that. Um, it can affect your blood pressure as well, um, which is very I say linked. It is directly linked to you know heart disease um, uh, and risk of um, particular like heart attack and things, um, which is I think cardiovascular disease is the second no is the number one killer in the world, right? So um, and stress, like we mentioned before, dads could be dealing with a lot of stress. Stress increases. Your risk of that. So if you're not careful, you're kind of stacking a lot of things on top of one another that can increase your risk. Um, so there are good arguments for reducing it, right? Um, I would say if you are staying under those 10 per week and you're doing that responsibly, you know, you're, you're kind of spreading them out a little bit. You're having those three to preferably four to five alcohol free days per week. Um, and you're taking care of the rest of your diet you're fine right so um, that's where again government guidelines for nutrition aren't very sexy or exciting but they are done by a massive team of researchers that spends so much time condensing all the data and they've kind of settled on around the 10 drink a week mark Mm.
0: that was a manageable and also very sexy wrap up on alcohol (laughs) don't sell yourself short (laughs)
2: Amazing. Well, one last fun fact. So if you're someone that has one to two drinks each night or most nights because you find that a good way to relax, a lot of that impact can be replicated by what's called the placebo effect. So we're probably all familiar with the placebo effect is, mm-hmm. you know, an effect on your body when you're not actually having something that will have an effect, right? In a a, a study, someone's given the placebo that makes them think (laughs) they're having the medication and then the other group is given the medication and they compare those two groups. Now, the placebo effect has been tested by itself and your body actually has a physical and a hormonal and a neurotransmitter response to a placebo. If it thinks it's drinking a beer, it starts to do a lot of the things that it does when you do drink a beer, right? And so if you have an alcohol-free beer, you are likely to have a similar response to that one beer than you would to an alcoholic beer it can work for other drinks as well right so if you just have a ritual of coming home and pouring yourself a nice drink then having that same ritual using the same glass you know a lot of people i find they're trying to cut down the drinking so they drink they have a glass of water instead which is like don't do that right you need to replace it with something else fun so like have a diet soft drink or a kombucha or like, like I said, um, again, beer drinker, like lots of wanky beers as well. And so when I tell you that there are actually some amazing non-alcoholic beers out there, trust me, there's some really, really good ones. And so again, one of those can come in significantly, generally about fifty to seventy percent less calories, um, and then definitely doesn't have the other impacts of, of the alcohol um, from the liver and potentially mm-hmm. mental health as well. So you know, whether it be a alcoholic drink or another just interesting, uh, sorry, a non-alcoholic version of an alcoholic drink or just an interesting non-alcoholic drink then it can have a really positive effect as well.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Jono. Mate, I reckon we, uh, we get into a bit of fun stuff now. Does Sounds that sound? good, Yeah. radio let's kick off our um how daddy you quiz uh yeah. <laughs> i think you'll do well here john i I've, I've got a good feeling <laughs> <laughs> so super simple
1: i'll ask five questions nick will ask five um just tell us the first thing that kind of will come to mind when we ask these questions all right you ready when your kid takes ages on the toilet what should a dad say
2: Do you need any help?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Politician. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it depends if they being quiet or not. As we all know, a quiet yeah. kid is not a Yeah, That's, that's, not that's a safe true. Place. Yeah. You're it's gonna concerning. find toilet paper all over the floor if they're too quiet. <laughs> <laughs>
0: aren't you? Well they yeah. might have actually fallen well, in. <laughs> <then>. <laughs>
1: uh, what should a dad do before anything when you're using a stud finder?
2: I don't even know what they look like I'm the least <laughs> handy guy on the planet I'm so sorry um, well, I can use a hammer
1: <laughs> the answer we're the answer we're looking for is put it on your chest and say found
0: one while well, your missus is around obviously <laughs> uh, Yes,
2: yeah. that's I'm so disappointed in myself
0: no 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 you can redeem yourself here this is, this is a good one here we go okay
2: alright
1: when, when a dad ties down a load on the four wheel drive or trailer what's a throwaway comment
2: That's not going anywhere. There yes. he is. Knees back. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it.
1: When your kid hurts themselves, what should you say to soften the blow? For example, they've hurt their, their arm.
2: Uh, this isn't peak dad, but I generally say oh, we're going to have to cut it off. That yeah, is, is that peak dad? That's yeah. the peak yes. dad answer. Nice.
0: Excellent. <laughs>
1: when you are approaching an address in the car that you've never been to, what must a dad do to the radio?
2: I'll turn it down or off. Yeah. <laughs> or off. I love like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's definitely a
0: Correct. Correct answer. <laughs> correct answer. He's yeah. back in the action. How good. And when a dad's finished mowing the lawn or working in the garden, what is the first thing he must do when he finishes? Crack a beer. Of course he does. He has to crack a beer and admire that bad boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe a non alcoholic yeah. beer. Yeah, of course. especially if you're over the the budget of 10 what's one way a dad can and probably should annoy his kids or wife
2: for that matter that would have to be with the favourite crop dusting (laughs) 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 yep
0: double points for that (laughs) crop dust, (laughs) how good (laughs) and when a dad stands up or sits down, what noise must he make any chair. Uh, yep. Right. That's yeah. it.
2: The grunt or the uh, ah. Yeah. Lovely. And like I guess bonus points for like a knee crack.
0: Yeah. Yeah, any crack, mm. yeah, for sure. The um you also, like I said at the start, you have to uh you tap your pockets, all your pockets <laughs> and make sure everything's there.
2: Oh yeah, the triple tap. The triple hey. tap, yeah, <laughs> yep.
0: that's right. Like the spectacles, testicles, wallet and watch that thing. <laughs> I've never heard that before. Nah, that's, but, uh, that's going back. Okay, now what <laughs> is a, what's a go-to daddy dinner for the average dad?
2: Mm. Look, spaghetti's great, right? And I know it cops, it can cop a lot of flax, but it shouldn't, right? Get some veggies in there. Use a use a decent sauce, and it's awesome. Pasta's our friend. Yes,
0: nice. I love that. That's also on our shopping list this week. We've got uh, we got spaghetti a couple of nights. That's a good gear. We also would have accepted shit on a stick.
2: <laughs> I can't like, come on, I can't say that. Like, I'm a dietitian like,
0: would not yeah. recommend. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what's the recommended dietary intake of that, Jono?
2: <laughs> Look, it's complicated. <laughs>
0: All right. Now to, to finish it off, what is a textbook throwaway comment when making small talk with other school dads or husbands of your wife's friends?
2: I don't know. I don't talk. To, I should talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even think. Yeah. Nah. What? What's the answer?
0: We would have, uh, we would have accepted. Who's your team? Did you watch the footy on the weekend? Do you want a beer or bloody kids? Eh.
2: Excellent I was going to go weather But bloody kids day is a good <laughs> Yeah
0: weather's a good weather's throwaway good. Yeah, <laughs> good. We'll give you that Well you've uh, you performed mm. admirably John in that one I'm really really proud of your effort there um, And we could safely say that you are pretty dead Yeah pretty dead <laughs> oh, That's good that's all, I, that's, all I <laughs> that's all I wanted That's all I want in this world Alright now it's definitely time for a bit of this Shit dad moment
1: of the wind Time for the shit dad moment of the week. Thanks to um, our friends at Better Accounting, we're in their office again today. So thanks, guys. You're at Hendra.
0: Back home. Um, do you want to go first, Nick? I do actually want to go first this week. It's just same as the dad jokes. Um, it's not super shit. I'm really struggling. I'm, I'm just an excellent dad lately. <laughs> doing so, well. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing really well, and um, I'm, I'm just oh. they're not light-hearted. The shit dad moments. They're like the getting angry at your kids for being jerks you know (laughs) how they do sometimes um but yeah Mm. the probably the the most lighthearted one i could think of this week was uh, my pantry door it seems to get opened a lot during the day and we all say keep our kids well fed and um and let them snack but at what point is too much snacking too much oh sorry at what point is snacking (laughs) like too much snacking um I let him go for the fruit bowl. That's why I leave it bang in the middle of the bench and I keep that bad boy full to the brim and we've got celery and carrot in the fridge ready to go. You guys help yourself. Whenever you're hungry, grab something. That cupboard is getting smashed like popcorn and the muesli bars and all that sort of fun stuff that you have once or twice a day with afternoon tea or morning tea. Anyway got a bit got a bit sick of it so i um grabbed a bit of rope out of the the garage and tied the um the cupboard door so <laughs> they not even me and me and the wife couldn't get in the cupboard <laughs> I, I tied it up and i said that's not getting opened until dinner time and there were multiple meltdowns <laughs> I give it that yeah
1: that's good you're mm. showing them who's boss <laughs> <laughs> Jono, did you have any um dad moments of the year or the month or the week anything that comes to mind of uh funny stories
2: oh i should have prepared one hey two yeah probably a few too many like nick said that are like just just bad moments that aren't funny (laughs) (laughs) yeah they're not funny (laughs) right like yeah, yeah. yeah we're kind of we had two really good sleepers and then uh now we don't um so there's just a lot of like waking in the night and why I'm sick and like you know all that kind of stuff mm. so um,
0: you told us one uh, at the start of, about the wave or something
2: oh uh, it was a, a, a while ago but there's a phenomenal photo it was captured on uh, a photo we were at uh, at Mooloolaba I think Um and I was my daughter was only um 18 months maybe 2 years old so she's pretty, pretty little and I was holding both her hands and she was walking into the waves and I kind of looked over at my wife and then looked back and my daughter was just completely enveloped like you know well over ahead head in this oncoming wave, and I've yanked her out. Um, and it's actually it is actually a video that um, we we got of it. So fortunately, we were then also able to capture straight afterwards my kid laughing maniacally and wanting to go back into the wave. So she was fine. But the the first frame of that photo. So you know how uh, the first frame of the video. So you know how videos like you get this in my camera roll is. It's not a good look. It's just my, <laughs> me holding my kid underwater.
0: Could we get access to that, Jono? <laughs>
2: I'll, see what I, I'll, uh, I'll see what I can
0: do. <laughs> That's awesome. <clears throat> what do you got, Cam? Uh, well, I've got a...
1: As mentioned up at the front of the episode, I've got a new hobby that I'm pretty excited about. Um, and it mostly just came about because I've been a bit of a, a bit of a creep outside my um, kids' daycare. So <laughs> let me elaborate. Uh, Please we, do. There's, a, there's a house next door to the daycare. It's um, It's got a kind of a uh, bit of an overgrown grass kind of thing. And I noticed this thing in the yard every time I walk the kids to daycare, this big contraption in the yard. I wasn't sure what it was. And um, I eventually got closer, peering over their fence. One day, Whoa. got a bit of confidence, took a photo of it. Um, it turned out to, it turns out to be this. Uh, you know, in Europe they've got these like ten person beer bikes where you can sit and pedal on them, awesome. and someone like steers you around, yeah. and drink a beer. It's one of those. Like, it's got literally got Munich beer bar written on the side. So a bit random, uh, unique thing sitting in the yard there. Um, and I got so excited when I figured out what it was. I, I hand wrote the guy a note. I put it in his letterbox and I said, hey, what's the go with this? I'm intrigued. Um, also, are you doing anything with it? And he's come back to me this week saying, no, do you want to buy it off me? So I'm going to buy it off and I'm going to do it up. Awesome. And I'm going to turn it into the <laughs> my local beer bike between all the breweries and the bolo. <laughs>
0: and he also has a restraining order.
1: Yeah. For <laughs> taking photos over people's fences. Yeah. He's like, just take it and then stop creeping on my house. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I yeah. oh, can yeah. I come on the Maiden Ride? Definitely. Yes. You can
1: help me do it up. <laughs>
0: I'm keen. That's awesome. <laughs>
1: um, yep, so that's going to be my next little hobby outside of the pod for the next few uh, few weeks, no doubt.
0: Beer bike. I love yeah. it. Uh, yeah. We got an awesome um, shit dad moment in from the trusty friends of the show of the, uh, the Griffin Bloke Society. Uh, one of the boys got in touch and said he's got a few ticket issues after COVID and uh, his little miss nine said... You'll be right, Dad. Let's hope it's not like last time we are going camping on Thursday. (laughs) Last time he had a heart attack in his early 30s and spent two weeks in hospital. Oh, no. (laughs) The little girl's like, just have a heart attack but not before camping. Cool? All right. Cheers, Dad. After Easter, please. (laughs) Very very selfish to
2: have a heart attack. I know, right? (laughs) absolute shit,
0: Dad, moment of the week. (laughs) Don't have a heart attack? Jeez. Yeah, so that's um that's a bit of a shit daughter moment. But, uh, <laughs> thanks for that. Al from Griffin.
1: All right. Well, that uh, that pretty much wraps us up tonight. Um so uh, thank you John for coming on with us. We really appreciated all your insights and expertise. It's been I've gotten a lot out of that. That yeah, was really good. Too, um, that was great for ourselves, for mm-hmm. our families and our kids. I think it's it's important to sometimes stop and think a bit more about food. I think you can find yourself getting into some of those those Bad habits or just
0: on autopilot. So um, yeah, really, Absolutely. really good advice. So thank you for that. Yeah, appreciate it. And and uh, make sure that you follow us on wherever you listen to your podcasts and uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Hotmail, MySpace, all the all the things. It's Shit Dad Pod. Um, and if you do have a shit I'm dad, yeah, <laughs> If you do have a uh, shit dad moment of the week, send it in to Shit Dad pod at gmail.com I haven't had to say that for a few <laughs> weeks I almost forgot <laughs> awesome and you said the um, the Smashing Fibers code
1: yeah so a reminder don't forget to grab some new fitness gear from Smashing Fibers that code again is free shit at checkout for some free shit um, any lasting little bits of advice for us Jono before we um, head off for the night
2: go eat some veggies right mm. boy.
0: love that sounds good No mate, we uh, really appreciate you coming on the show, mate. That's been fantastic. It's been a great hour, and we will catch up with you soon. We really hope to see a bit more from Bite Me. Not that we don't see enough as it is; it's great and uh, really stands out on the Instagram feed. It's really good. And uh, yeah, well, if if anyone's not following Jono, follow him on Bite Me. Uh, Do you have any of your socials on hand, Jono?
2: yeah yeah instagram is at j-o-n-o steedman so john o steedman s-t-w-e-d-m-a-n uh the website is www.bitemenutrition.com.au bunch of blogs recipe videos um and you can also get links to the podcast from there which similar to you guys you can find everywhere the bite me nutrition podcast um yeah that's those are all the best places to to find me
0: Awesome, really good. Thanks, man. Awesome, guys. Now, in the week ahead, be the safety net for your kids, not the loaded gun. Hide when they're being annoying but still have some fun. Work on your dad board. Don't be an angry sod. And when the shit hits the fan, be there for them. Don't run for the kids.